Hello, I'm Amber Lava. I'm a journalist and I've been blogging fashion and beauty for eight years with my own blog, Fashion Avenue. And this podcast is an extension of the blog and it really allows me to dive deep into the fashion and beauty world and speak to people who are so inspiring and motivating and people that you can really learn something from and take a leaf out of their book. Speaking of, I am chatting to the amazing Effie Katz. Effie is an incredibly talented designer. She's Melbourne-based and her outfits are just incredible. I first came across Effie on Instagram a while ago and after seeing her bespoke suits that she was creating and her amazing dresses, I had to follow and I've been keeping up to date with everything that she's been doing since. Effie hasn't had an easy ride in this industry and she's definitely had some setbacks. She dives into walking away from her first label, the complications and how she turned herself around. Effie is living proof that even if you have a setback, you can absolutely turn it around just like she did. So this, my friends, is the comeback of Effie Katz. Effie, thank you so much for coming on the Fashion Avenue podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I thought I would jump straight into all the good stuff because you were absolutely killing it and I want to know so much about you and your journey. So where did your love for fashion begin? My love for fashion began when I was quite young, actually. I had a sketchbook when I was maybe like seven or eight and my my dad was a tailor. So he always had um, men's fashion magazines around the house. And what I used to do was take the magazines and I used to look at the runways and then convert the outfits to women's outfits. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah, I know. I used to redraw them. <laughs> That's amazing. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah it's random. <laughs> how, how young were you when you were doing that? Seven or eight, around there. Seven and then and then it kind of developed. So, you know, I maybe turned, you know, 12, 13, I used to buy my own Vogue's and I had a fashion journal where I used to cut out, you know, um, little pictures of like pieces that I liked and I used to annotate and write write about the pieces in my journal. So That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. Oh my gosh. You so you were on it from an early age then? Yes, I was. But but interestingly enough, I, I took a bit of a turn. So when I was in high school, I decided that I didn't want to be in fashion. I saw the nitty gritty struggles behind the scenes with um, you know, everything my dad was going through and and I decided no, I wasn't gonna do that. Mm-hmm. So then I decided I wanted to be a photographer. Okay, yeah. So I studied photography but I was weird weaving fashion into it and then I decided that wasn't for me studied PR was weaving fashion into that and then realized that's not where I wanted to go and then you know I I saw a gap in the market 2013 and uh, Zachary was born yeah that's right so when was it that you decided to create your first label and what was it that kind of went you to say okay well this isn't working out and this isn't working out so I'm now going to actually you know step into creating my my label basically I was shopping for a dress for a wedding in 2013 and um, I found that there was nothing sort of in between you know your cook eye dresses which were quite sort of simple at the time you know really affordable but simple mm-hmm. and then you know Manning Cartel which was upwards of $500 yeah. and, and amazing but as a uni student not really affordable so I identified a gap in the market and I, I went to my dad and I said listen there's a gap here 
and I think I can feel it. You know, I, I, I said I wanted to be the Tom Ford of the everyday woman. So that was, <laughs> that, that was um, what I was striving towards. Wow. Um, but, yeah, we started small. Um, my family has a workroom that I work out of and I kind of learned everything on the go. Yeah, and the demand grew quite quickly for the brand because there was really nothing like it at all. But we sort of didn't know how to manage it because I had never studied fashion. I, you know, obviously never managed a brand or, you know, I had no background in anything really. I didn't know about fabric and stretch and thread tension. And and so as the demand for the brand grew and, you know, we didn't know how to fill it, it sort of began to um, spiral a little bit. Mm. And I I was approached by a gentleman uh, to invest in the company and look, um, it didn't work out. It was quite a toxic kind of situation I found myself in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does happen a lot in the industry. And I then decided to leave, mm-hmm. uh, took some time off, did some soul searching, yeah. and then I identified another gap in the market, which was for women's suiting. So yeah. I found myself exactly where, as a child, I said I wouldn't wouldn't go. Yeah, <laughs> so a teenager, I should say. It's so funny. It was kind of like in front of you all along, the whole fashion yeah, I thing. Know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, 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 no. And then, yeah, I've ended up just there. Yeah, it's so interesting that you talk about Zachary because I remember seeing everything about Mm. that label and I was still I think I was still kind of in my early years of uni so Mm. I was quite young and you know really into fashion all these labels popping up and I remember like literally following Zachary and being really interested so it's just and then when I was doing a bit more research on you when I found out about you and I was like okay I really want to have her on I was like oh my god Mm. I actually didn't realize that you were the person behind the label and I'm like oh my god like I I fully remember that label and it's Mm. I think it's great that you're like identifying and you know talking about you know the setbacks because that is that makes you more human and you know people listening to this podcast if they're looking to start their own business, those sort of, you know, setbacks can happen. So it can happen to anyone. And while you're you're doing amazing now and it's it's unbelievable what you're doing, it's really great that you're actually being open about it. So thanks for sharing that. I think that's really cool. Well, yeah, I, look, I think it's really important to express these things because, you know, we all struggle. And my mm. biggest thing um, when I was going through everything was I was so embarrassed and so ashamed of what I was experiencing. Yeah. I didn't want anybody to know. So I was, you know, miserable for such a long period of time there. But I, I kept saying to myself, as long as no one knows, that's okay. Yeah. And that is a very toxic mentality to have. And I think for me, once it was all, you know, public and, you know, it was literally printed black and white in the paper yeah. that my company had gone into administration. You know, I remember that day. I was absolutely hysterical. Yeah. I thought my life was over. But, you know, it's funny. When you're on the other side of your greatest fear, you've got nothing to lose. Yeah. It's like, you know, your worst nightmares come true. And there's there's a liberation in that. And I, I realized that I was free in a yeah. way and that I could actually use my negative experience and, and my vulnerabilities as my strength. And that's exactly what I did. I used it as a way to connect with people because I found that there was no one that I knew of that was, you know, going through what I went through. Oh, well, well Kit Willow had gone through a similar thing. And yeah. I, I did reach out to her and, you know, we had a quick chat through some messages. But I, I wanted people to know that it's okay to fail and it's okay to struggle and we all do. And it's not a weakness. It's, in fact, what makes us stronger. 100% fully agree. Yeah. And can I ask, what? how long was it before, you know, everything 
everything that happened with that label until you started your own. And what was the turning point for you to now start Effie Cats? So I actually exited the company in November 2017. Right. Um, there was a lot of sort of back, forward, lawyers, all the rest of it. Then the administrators came in in um, March Mm-hmm. 2018, right. and then I started in April 2018. Wow. Yeah, so I, I spent five months in my bathroom pacing up and down my mum's backyard because oh. I had to move back home with my parents. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, and and it's just, it's a time where I sort of internalised. I, I sort of shut myself off from friends, from you know, a lot of people that were very close to me because I, yeah, I spiraled and I didn't know mm. how to cope with what I was going through. And I found that I'd become so dark and I was just so well, depressed. Mm. Uh, and I didn't want to inflict that on others. But also I felt that others really didn't understand or relate, understandably so, to what I was going through. So I just, I just turned inwards. Yeah. Um, and I kind of coming out of that experience, you know, for the first couple months, I was like, oh my God, like I'm not feeling creative. I can't do this. I couldn't even put one design to paper. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. I have to get a job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And that was really hard because um, I'm, you know, I find I'm great as a creative director. I'm not yeah. so great as an employee. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't I'm, I'm how, how am I have a boss? How's someone going to tell me what to do? I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that's so funny. And so, um, how, how did you get through kind of that dark time? You know, it's it seems simple, but it's not. Um, I just faced my my shit. Really, yeah. am I allowed to say shit? Yeah, you can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I identified a lot of my internal demons. I think the thing is like a lot of people in life go, oh, you know, I got an investor and this happened to me and, you know, they they were so terrible and, you know, they blame others. They point the finger when Mm. the reality is we are the master of our own destiny and journey. And I fully took responsibility for what happened to me as, you know, as a result of choices that I had made in my life. Yeah. And from there, I, I just dealt with them one by one. I, 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 there was there was one evening where I sort of wrote it all out, and I, I I remember I wrote down exactly what was blocking me from what I described as living my truest, deepest light, and that was one wow. of the most confronting. Yeah, it was it was a really confronting exercise for me because I was just I really just laid it out, and actually seeing all my issues on paper. Yeah was I never cried so much I was it was it was really really confronting but uh, again it was a really liberating experience because I was dealing with it I was seeing it in black and white you know in front of me and um and from there it was just a healing healing process Mm. and I think also having the courage to take that first step from you know from everything I went through was you know a testament I guess to my my strength and I I learned to celebrate the little wins you know when I had Zachary all these massive things were happening you know and I was always wanting more Mm. I I was never satisfied it was like okay great Kylie Jenner just wore my outfit great what's next what can you do what you know Mm. I never took the time to really appreciate what I had achieved so after that um, losing everything and just I remember thinking to myself you know I just want to be able to just go out for breakfast or just just function normally and and not have you know in the back of my mind these deep deep you know I guess feelings of loss like I just want to be able to function like a normal human being if I can do that again and feel happy and content again then I don't need anything else yeah 
And that led me to celebrate every single little win. You know, I sold, you know, 30 pairs of pants, the first pair of pants that I put out there. And, I, you know, the old me would have been like, oh, well, it's just 30. It could be more. But mm. this time I was like, that's amazing. It what? is. You know, yeah. And I, and, I, and I celebrated that. And I was like, okay, amazing. I, I just looked at the positives and then I looked towards what's next in a healthy way. That's great. And it, yeah. it's funny, you know, saying, you know, writing things down, but that's so therapeutic and that can really help you kind of see things a bit more clearly, especially if you're like a visual kind of creative person, I find Absolutely. as well. But yeah, oh my God, you've, you've come such a long way. And I guess from starting your label now and to, you know, kind of where you are at. So your mm-hmm. the interest in your designs has just grown and grown. So what do you think it is about your style and your designs that draws people in? I think the, the thing is, I've said it time and time again, retailers are too scared to take risks because yeah. they've got budgets. And the Australian retail climate is so volatile at the moment. Nobody wants to take risks. Nobody wants to do anything bold. Mm. And given that I'm fully custom at, at this yeah, I can experiment with design and colors. I can, you know, I can create um, pieces and if they don't sell or no one's interested in them, that's okay. I haven't lost in a huge way. So I think that has attracted a clientele to me that wants to stand out mm, Yeah, on one level. And then on another level, I guess, you know, women's bodies, uh, you know, vary and some women can't find, you know, standard sizes that fit or work for their body shape. So they come to me because they want something that's going to fit perfectly. Yeah, and that's right. And, you know, there's such an issue with standard sizing, you know, Mm -hmm. here in Australia. And it's just, it's ridiculous, you know, going into a shop and you're this size, going into another one, you're a totally different size. It's just... Exactly. It's exhausting. (laughs) No, it is. It is. And look, I think beyond that, on another level, there's no one really catering to women's tailoring. Well, not made to measure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a real niche that I've captured yeah, as well. So, yeah. That's amazing. And so your social media also continues to grow. So what aid has social media played in your business? Oh, look, everything. Mm-hmm. I When I launched Zachary, we grew to 200 odd thousand followers. And when that account was taken from me, I, you know, that's what I sort of thought I'd start again with. So yeah. when I lost the account, I was devastated and I was like, great, that's it. I'm done. That was my final hope. And um, my partner at the time said to me, you have always put all your focus on growing Zachary. You never put a focus on you. And I said, well, I just don't think anyone cares about me personally. They cared about Zachary. They cared about the brand. And he said, well, you were the brand. So yeah. what you need to now do is connect with people, you know, on a personal level, but also show them your style and present them your designs in your way. Now is the time for you to do that. And I think what what was great is that actually when I looked at, um, I looked at brands interactions on their Instagrams and then I looked at influencers interaction and influencers interaction was always so much higher Mm. because people want to connect with the person, the story. So what I did was I fused myself, my story, my style and, you know, the garments I was offering into one. And I think that created a really special following. Yeah. And I think it's great what you do on your social media is that you actually have photos of yourself wearing your own pieces. You know, it's not that really commercialized look, Mm. which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but, you know. That was really daunting for me because I've, 
I guess, you know, I've always had my own insecurities and struggles with my appearance. A lot of us go through that. So for me, that was a real personal barrier to get past, but I literally had no choice because I couldn't afford a model or, <laughs> or anything like that. So yeah. I was like, okay, I've, I've got to get over it. 500 yeah. frames later, we got there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. You're, you're like on the rise. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've learned now, but I, you know, at the start, I was like, I can't pose like I feel like an idiot people are gonna think I'm an idiot um no. but it works it works and I'm 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 so glad it, it did because it sort of extinguished a lot of my my insecurities and fears and I think this whole process in fact has been pushing past my fear barriers and and you know creating such beautiful things yeah Totally. Yeah. And it's great that you've pushed past that because I actually love seeing you in your own designs. I think it's great. And I think it's just, yeah, it's different to all these, you know, other brands and labels where it's just, mm. yeah, so commercialized and, you know, it's great. But, you know, we do want to see it on everyday people and, you know, and it's great that you're so proud of your work and you're showcasing it. I think that's amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. So your designs have been worn by a few, you know, influential people, I would say. So, mm-hmm. you know, people like Havana Brown, um, AF women's star Moana Hope and Lana mm-hmm. Wilkinson. So what's it like for you getting that support? Again, it's been everything. Um, I think for me, having that support from, you know, women with such incredible careers and amazing profiles, having them get behind me has been, you know, the most incredible support because the following, you know, everybody's got their own sort of following mm. and it's sort of unique to that that person. So people follow Moana for a reason, people follow Havana for a reason, people follow Lana for, you know, a reason. And when they see people like that endorsing a brand, they go, okay, well, well Lana wears it and Lana thinks it's good, so she must be. Let me check her out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what, you know, some extremely different demographics into my workroom, my little workroom in Coburg. Um, And it's just been incredible, incredible to see. It is such a diverse mix of women from, you know, all different kinds of backgrounds, areas, shapes, sizes, ages. Like, it's created this beautiful, all-inclusive, like, dynamic in here that I just love. And it's amazing that it's something that you've created as well. You know, proud of yourself that this is something that you've created and people just love it and they want to work with you and, you know, they want to wear your things and it's just, it's awesome. Look, it is. And I think I think what I've learned um, in my experience is it's all about integrity mm-hmm. and the relationships that you build with people is firmly based on that. I'm, I'm always honest with people that, you know, come through my door and, um, you know, genuine. Yeah, And I think that, again, forms really beautiful relationships and people want to support you when they can see that you're genuine, when they can see that you that you care. Exactly, yeah. So speaking of support, celebrity stylist Lana Wilkinson, we love Lana on this podcast. Yes. She was great. Um, so she actually mentioned you as one yes. to watch in my episode with her, which I know you heard. Um, yes, I did. So what's it like working with Lana? I love Lana. <laughs> She's awesome. <laughs> we just, you know what? I think we work in an industry where it can be a bit superficial. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that about my industry, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. It's true. And I'm not like that. And Lana's not like that. Mm. So we have this beautiful relationship where we, we just, we're straight up with each other, you know, whatever she needs, I'm there and vice versa, you know. And and I think establishing those bonds is, is really important. I'm very, very lucky to have her as not only as a friend, but almost as a mentor in this industry, because, mm. you know, I was just starting out. I was sort of new 
new to everything and I'd call and I'd be like, you know, Lance, um, this person's offered this to me. What do you think? Should I do this? Or, you know, yeah. and, and she's been amazing beyond any styling collaborations we've done. She's also there to support me with anything I need. And that's just, it means the world to me. Yeah, she's amazing. Honestly, she's one of my mm. favorite guests that I've had on. I just loved everything that she said. And she's just so down to earth and just a real person. And she's got so much energy. Oh, she does. <laughs> oh, my God. She's amazing. She's a firecracker. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> She's she's so great. And what's so interesting is that I think I actually found you from Lana, but I was you following you way before she mentioned you, but it mm. was ages ago and she addressed someone or she was wearing one of your designs. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my God, I love this. And so I followed you from then, but then it was when, because I was thinking, oh, I'd love to do, you know, have a, a few more smaller designers on and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I was thinking about Effie. And then when she mentioned you in the episode, I'm like, that's it. Like I need to have Effie. <laughs> And I'm like, gotta happen. It's final. <laughs> yeah, and these are the things that stem from the relationships that you build. Yeah. So I am very grateful. Oh, that's awesome. And so, what's the process like for you coming up with a concept? Is it something that just comes to you, or like, are you influenced by anything in particular? Look, my, my inspiration comes from you know, in lots of different ways. Uh, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll dream about something yeah. and and then put it to paper. And you know, I I work with my pattern maker Adele, who is incredible talented yeah. and we have a relationship where we're very much like siblings so we, we fight like that <laughs> um, it's, it's completely healthy but um, <laughs> but she's like my design soulmate I, I say that I say yeah. that we drive each other crazy but um <laughs> but she's my design soulmate so I'll literally sketch something out with a ballpoint pen mm-hmm. and she just she just gets it she'll make it happen and I'm like wow. like so it's like she's in my head <laughs> um, yeah, and and that's amazing to have because I've been through a few pattern makers um, when I started out. And I think when someone's not on your wavelength, they don't get it or they don't get you. You know, it seems like you're always being difficult. Like, oh, no, I think that, that split we need to move a little bit or mm, that neckline's not quite right. And it seems like you're you're really difficult when the reality is they're just not on your wavelength. Yeah, right. So, yeah. How did you meet Adele, by the way? So I met Adele. She actually interned for me at Zachary. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> Go. Yeah, yeah, and we, we just got along like a house on fire and we sort of, you know, Adele went on and did her thing and, you know, I exited Zachary, started out again and I put an ad up for a pattern makeup because, uh-huh. it, yeah, it just wasn't working at the time and Adele came, I, I, I was desperate for a pattern maker. I remember desperate because we had so many orders and the current pattern maker that we had was sort of moving on yeah. um, and she just, I just remember thinking, please, God, please, please, please let her be, let her be what I'm looking for. And yeah. she, she was, oh, she was. It, was, it was fate. Yeah, it was, oh, it was fate. That's I'm so very great. lucky. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I see your posts and, you know, you're always tagging her and I'm like, oh, my God, like, and, I, and I've and i looked on her profile and I'm like, shit, she's good. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I'm the vision and yeah. she's the execution. Yeah. So she's just as important in this process as, as I am, really. Yeah. And it's so yeah. great that it just works so perfectly. You know, that's a dream for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And so your bespoke suits are one of a kind. So why have you focused heavily on suiting and what is it that you love about a suit what I love about a suit is that they make me feel powerful Mm, yeah and I think 
you know, for me with what I do and, and for a lot of women with what they do. You want to feel like that. And it, it does something that I think a dress can't do. And, yeah. you know, like I said, no one was really doing it in Australia, in, not not for tailor-made anyway. And I think there's been such a, you know, suits have come through in such a heavy way where they really weren't for women before. Because mm-hmm. I remember seeing them come out, you know, whilst I was having my little breakdown, <laughs> my, oh, my no. five months off. <laughs> um, you know, I was still, you know, I was looking at all the runways and I, I, I was seeing a lot of suits come through and I just thought to myself, wow, this is going to be huge. I know yeah. it. Yeah. And I've always been good at picking a trend. And again, I went to my dad and I said, look, we've been through a lot, but I think we've got a second chance here. Shall we give it a go? Great. And he said, come in, let's do it. <laughs> so the hardest part of doing that for me was because all the, the factories that my dad works with, because my dad's a men's tailor. So right. everybody was um, really used to doing men's suiting, which is it's different. And um, women's suiting requires another level of sort of thinking and execution. So pushing the staff to, not pushing, but um, encouraging them to, to think differently and to, to think and execute things on, on a different level and get mm-hmm. them to change, you know, thinking that's just been like autopilot for them was really, really hard, you know. It just down to simple things like they were putting a men's crotch on a lady's cut pants. So right. the zip was too long, too bulky. And I was like, guys, you know, the crotches are too long. We, yeah. we, we're ladies. We don't need that extra room. <laughs> too much. Sorry. No. You know? Yeah. So it was, that, was, that was really hard. That yeah. was really hard and a lot of back and forward. But we got there, you know, and it's 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 always a work in progress, but it's come so far. And and I guess when you get it right, it's just amazing, you know, and I feel like Absolutely. that's something you've gotten so right. And can I just say, side note, since you've started all these amazing suits and, you know, these beautiful bold colours and, you know, those massive, like, belts that you have, like, mm. part of the suit and everything, I have seen a couple of, like, labels or a couple of retail mm. places pop up that look exactly like your designs. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I know who started yeah. that. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. Um, I guess for me, that happens. Yeah. And, you know, people say, you know, imitation is flattery and it's, it's not. It's annoying. Yeah. Um, but it's a part of the industry that I'm in. So I'm not yeah. sitting there being like, oh, I can't believe I did that. And, you know, whatever. I just think, okay, great. That's been done now. What's next? Yeah. And I move on. And you know what? You, you should take so much pride in the fact that that was your, you know, thing and that was yeah. your idea. And it's like, holy crap. <laughs> like, I'm onto something here. Onto the next thing now. Yeah. Onto the next thing. I yeah. think, look, at, at this point, I am smaller, so I can move faster. Yes. Yeah. And that, that is the benefit, I guess, of, of being in my position now. Yeah, totally. And you can do what you want to do and not really have mm. to answer to anyone, which is awesome. Well, yeah. And and again, you know, I think, okay, they're mass producing. They're probably making, you know, a lot more off my own designs that, you know, I guess than I am at this stage. But for me at this point, given you know, everything that I've been through, I'm really happy to to stay small, smaller and happier. 100%. You know, you don't have to be massive to be, you know, successful either. So you're doing well. No. Well, I have have my base brand. That's where I get my, um, I guess, my mass, all the mass market out of my system. 
Yeah, so right. I, I get the best of both worlds. Yeah, that's great. So you're you're catering to everything. It's awesome. Yes. So I with try. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you're you're killing it. Thank and so you. with your custom garments. So mm. what has the demand been like for that? Just solely just people coming in being like, I have an event, or I need this, or I have a birthday. Is that just through the roof? <laughs> Yes, it's intense. We get emails. So people book in um, through email or they call us. Um, Generally, I'm back-to-back every day. So it's been hard to manage, not from a system point of view, because we've got that down pat now. My assistant, Zainab, is amazing. Um, But the demand on me to be on every single day and to be ready every half an hour to see someone new is, you know, it's a lot on one person. Yeah. I hope you're taking care of yourself. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I haven't quite figured out that work-life balance just yeah. yet. I guess but, when yeah. it's your own business and, you know, you're so passionate about it, sometimes it can be hard to take yourself away from that as well. Look, totally. And I think the thing is I love what I do. So it's not like I'm yeah. killing myself and I hate it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It's it's my passion and it's I live and breathe it. So I don't yeah. have an issue yeah. doing that around the clock. You also have base brand. So, so it sells basics and you have a jewellery line. Is that right? Yes. Dead yeah. End Lovers. Mm-hmm. And how do you do it all? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, base is different. Um, I have a business partner. He runs all the operations. I design, so I will design the collection. Might take me like two weeks to really think and design and get that out, and then it goes off to our factory overseas, and then we do the sampling process. It's more of an after-hours thing, and I, and I can I can get that done that way. Right. Um, okay. I do have to travel a bit for it, which is where things sort of can get tricky, but we right. just make it work. Uh, and then Dead End Lovers, I started originally just because I needed, needed some more um, pocket change, I guess. With everything that happened, I sort of lost my savings and all of that. And I was like, okay, great. How do we fix this? How do we move forward? How do we make more money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's basically, um, you know, from wholesalers. And I just do buying and then we shoot it and sell it. So, it's you know, it's been a, a good way to have another you know, revenue stream come through. Yeah, totally. And it's smart, I guess, you know, to have those type of businesses, I guess, set up. Yeah. And if you're if you're able to do them, why not? Yeah, totally. It's it's a no brainer. Yeah. Awesome. And so can I ask about your personal style? So what's your kind of personal style like? You know, me personally, I'm actually I dress quite androgynous on my mm. off days. I like wearing loose fitted jeans. I'm, I love vintage tees. I've got a thing for vintage Levi's and vintage tees. Oh, yes. Um, awesome. Sneakers and then, you know, a leather jacket or my my blazers. Um, yeah. But then when, I, when I'm going to events and I'm dressing up, it's very sort of clean cut, crisp, bold colours, bold shape. Yeah. So it's just like I'm two different people really. I'm so the I same. That is so <laughs> funny that you say that and literally what you're describing, what you like to wear is actually what I'm wearing right yeah. now. Yeah, it's there you so go. Funny. There you go. I'm wearing like sneakers, an old Harley Davidson tee, a leather jacket. Yep. yep. <laughs> This All is amazing. That, and I'm I'm the same. Like when I, you know, there's an event or something, like I get really dressed up and I'm very mm. girly. But day to day, mm. I'm like, yeah, I'm a bit of a tomboy, a little bit androgynous myself. So that's actually really funny. <laughs> 
So I just just gave up my flannel shirts, but I used to love flannel <laughs> shirts. That's but, uh, the best. Yeah, we've moved on. From I was now. one of those people that mm. um, probably back in like 2013 when it was like really hot to wear like the flannel like around your waist. Yeah, around the waist. Yeah, yeah that was me too. Yeah, yeah, yep. and those big like hip hop style sneakers. Yeah, was all combat boots. So yeah, <laughs> this is the best. Yep, and I'd wear like singlets and like denim shorts, mm-hmm. and I just felt like mm-hmm. I was the coolest person. <laughs> I feel like we're, we're one and the same there. I feel like we are. And so, do you have any style icons? Look, from a design perspective, always has been, always will be Tom Ford for me. Someone I look at who's got an incredible sense of style. Uh, honestly, unlike anything I've ever, ever seen before, Pip Edwards. Right. The way she puts yes. colours and shapes together, just her outfits. Uh, I don't even know how, you know, her brain works to put these outfits together. They're so incredible. It's amazing. Um, And I'm always so in awe of her style and I know so many people are. I saw your post about when she wore um, your piece and I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. She is so good. That must have been pretty good for you. Uh, Look, it was very, very surreal. It was a surreal moment meeting her. I was so nervous I couldn't even speak. Oh, my God, that's so sweet. Oh my gosh. She's great. She's been around for so many years. I think I've been following her since like Mm. 2012, 2013 when she was, Mm. you know, when like Instagram was first getting really big and she was just kind of that go-to and she always has been just that really cool girl. You know what I mean? Like on Insta that everyone just wants to follow. Even pre-Insta when blogs were like a big thing, you know, I had a blog and I was following all these blogs and Mm -hmm. pips was always on all the style blogs. She was always yes. snapped by the street style photographers in, in Sydney. You know, she's always been an eco. Cool. Always 100%. has been, always, always will be. She's yeah. incredible. She's bloody killing it at the moment as mm. well. So that's And you know what? She's lovely as well. So supportive. Yeah. Like, you know, had a quick chat to her about, you know, sort of what I had been through and she was like, You're gonna make me something. I'll let you know. I'm gonna message you, send it over to me, you know, however I can help I I will, which oh is my amazing. Oh that's so you know? lovely. So, you know, it's like sometimes when you meet your hero and they're not, not nice, you're really disappointed. It was mm. the complete opposite for me. Oh. It was like met her and she was just, you know, her presence and just everything. So amazing. So supportive. It was, yeah, it was just an incredible experience. She's an incredible woman. That's lovely. I love when, you know, mm. you actually meet someone and you've looked up to them or you really respect them and they're just lovely. That's the best feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. And it, it's just, it, you can't express what, what it means to you, especially yeah. when you, like you said, you know, Pip's been around for a long time and I've always, always looked up to her from very, very young. So mm-hmm. it's, it's surreal for me going from a girl who, you know, just had a little blog and was like, you know, checking her out from, from my position, my little computer chair yeah. to, to now her wearing my stuff and supporting me. It's yeah. like, wow, you know, That's awesome. one of those pinch me moments. Totally. Yes, totally. And so what do you think is your biggest career milestone to date? Look, I think um, in terms of the people that I've dressed, say the biggest moment and business-wise as well for me was Kylie Jenner. Yeah. That was huge. But on a different level, I think my biggest career milestone would be being at the point I am today from what rock bottom really is. That's that's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, the comeback. Yeah, 
the comeback. That's awesome. You've you've killed it, and it's so great that you were able to do that. Like that's just something to really respect. And so yeah, and I guess so many people get disheartened, you know, when stuff doesn't go right or when you know they think everything's going to go amazingly and it doesn't. So it's just really great that you're able to turn that around and just see the positive. And now look at you, you're you're doing so well. So it's awesome. Thank you. Well, look, I yeah, I had this. I you know I went through the whole feeling sorry for myself stage. Yeah. And at that um at that point, a friend came over and visited me because I refused to leave the house um, and they just said so what's next and I said well, what do you I don't I don't know like everything's <laughs> just fallen apart what do you mean what's next yeah and they were like you know Effie I'm gonna be brutally honest with you nobody gives a shit yeah and I was like uh okay so that's <laughs> savage to say that to me in this position yeah. and they said but it's true no one cares if you pick yourself up or not they don't yeah. you're just going to be that girl that had a massive brand once you know you'll be a has-been a once was and no one no one will care you'll just fade away mm. so is that what you want or do you want to prove that you're more than that and it, that was like savage yeah. <laughs> like one of the harshest things I've ever heard in my life, you know, and I was so angry after. I was like, I can't believe they said that to me. And <laughs> I stewed over it for days. And yeah. then I was like, they're right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. Who am I? This is the defining moment in, in my journey so far. Yeah, totally. I have to make that choice now. And, you know, as brutal as it was, you know, they were kind of mm. right, you know, and your life is what you make it and what you choose to do. It's up to you. But yeah. yeah. Good points there. So, and look at you. You took the advice. So there you go. <laughs> well, I think for all of us, you know, there's there's always going to be people knocking us down mm. and there's always going to be people criticizing us and, you know, making you feel unworthy or hopeless or, you know, whatever. Mm. But it's, it's up to you whether you allow that or not. Yeah. Yeah. And on the back of that, what advice would you give to aspiring fashion designers? It's tough mm. and there's going to be moments time and time again, weekly, maybe even daily, where you just want to give up because it gets so hard. Yeah. But persevere. Right. Always, always, always persevere because you will break through. It might not be in a week or a month or a year or even two, but you will if you keep at it. you just got to have the resilience. I love that. That's awesome. Very inspiring. Yeah. So if anyone wants to start a label, there you go. Yes. Amazing Thank advice. <laughs> and what's coming up next for you and, and the label? Look, we're, we're working on how to sort of take that online and how do you sort of Still keep it tight so we can turn over designs and stay um, quick to the pulse. I think we'll always maintain that element of custom, you know, with, with suiting definitely. Dresses, we're sort of deciding where it goes. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit up in the air, but we do want to make moves. So right. how that's going to happen, we are still in discussion, but it, it will happen. Yeah, awesome. So stay tuned. Oh, I'm excited. I did see, also I wanted to chat to you about this, that you actually did a collaboration with a pretty big influencer here in Australia. Tell us about that. So uh, Jade and I met years ago because I was giving her clothes from Zachary. Wow. Yes. So that's how we met. We met in Sydney. I dropped off some things to her um, because she was going to post them for us. And, you know, you know how you have like Insta friendships? Mm, Yeah. So we just, you know, we'd followed each other. We'd always sort of, I guess, stayed in touch by Mm -hmm. Instagram, you know. And then she reached out and just said, hey, I love what you're doing. You know, I have this idea. Do you want to work on this together? And I was like, "Uh, yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. And look, it was a great fit. We have very similar aesthetics. Um, We both have a love for, you know, those essential wardrobe pieces. So that's what we sort of wanted to bring. 
I guess the only challenge for us is she's in Sydney, I'm in Melbourne, so that's made it a little little bit more challenging. But we managed to get a trench out, which has been, you know, incredible. And I think it's one of those classic pieces that, you know, you have in your wardrobe forever. 100%. That trench, oh, my God, it ticks every single box. Uh-huh. Yeah. When when um, when we were designing it, we, we discussed, you know, classic design, what is that perfect camel colour, Mm. Uh, you know, and we went back, back and forward until, you know, we felt it was right. Yeah, wow. How long did it take? It was probably, what, two, two to three months Yeah. Um, in total. More so, I guess, the difficulty, again, her being in Sydney, me being in Melbourne. I'm in Sydney monthly. She travels down, you know, to Melbourne time and time again. So we'd have to wait sort of to get together to you know, discuss and decide certain things because I think when you're you're working side by side with someone, you're looking at fabrics, you're feeling them, you're you're talking about pros and cons and you know, it kind of flows where it's a little bit disjointed when you're not sort of there in the same space as someone. Yeah. Right. Something so personal to the both of us, you know, it was important that we we got it right, you know, and we were both really happy with it. Yeah. Awesome. And if anyone wants one, can they still order it or Yes, absolutely. It's it's available for custom custom order. So we do standard sizing on that one because it's quite oversized so we've got, you know, our standard sizing. Yeah, right. And then if for whatever reason whoever wants it doesn't fit into that category, whether they're smaller or bigger, whatever the case is, we can absolutely do that. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's literally perfect for anyone. Yeah, anyone. And and that's my thing, you know, beyond this collaboration with what I do is I want women of every single shape and size to be able to come to me and, you know, walk out with a garment that they feel amazing in because it fits them like a glove. Yeah, totally. And, you know, there's nothing worse than going into a store, getting something last minute and then, you know, trying it on and be like, oh, this looks terrible. Or, yeah. You know, so it's, it's so good you're catering to that. Well, it can be quite disheartening. And, mm. uh, you know, it's I, I've got such um, such a wide range of, of clients and body shapes and sizes. But, I, you know, I do have those clients that are, you know, they're so petite, nothing fits. Mm-hmm. That's you know, me. <laughs> and I've got my plus size clients as well. Yeah, who you know they might have a unique shape or size, whatever, and you know things just don't work for them. Or they want a suit, but there's no one that does you know plus size suits or yeah. whatever the case is. So you know it's amazing to me that I can give that to all my clients with all their unique needs. And you can actually give them that feeling that what they're putting they on. They feel great. Yeah, they, and it yeah. makes people feel amazing. I guess sometimes well, when, Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes when something doesn't fit, you kind of think it's you. You're like, oh, I'm too this or I'm not enough of yes. this. Yes, and that's exactly what I what I didn't want. And I think for me, you know, in this process as well, again, on my own personal journey, going through a point where I did feel so powerless my emphasis is always always on empowering other women lifting other women and I think this process with me in itself does that and I I love that because I think that we should all lift each other up and and the fact that I can give that to women just makes me feel so good and it makes it all you know all the hard work all the hours everything I do it makes it so so worthwhile 100% that's great Effie so I thought I would end things on a few random questions for you Yes. (laughs) Okay. The first question is, if you could have any animal as a pet, what would you choose? Oh, I'd have a little monkey. Oh, cute. (laughs) I actually looked into it, but they're illegal here. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I would love a little monkey, like, you know, I, I, I need my tape measure and he just runs off and brings me my tape measure. <laughs> That's so Hold funny. my pink cushion for me. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> that would be so handy. Yeah. <laughs> Train it up. Oh, my God. Totally. Just sits on my shoulder. Cute. And get mm. it, like, you can make it a little custom outfit. <laughs> I, I want a sassy little monkey that's just got attitude. Yes. The best. <laughs> Be the best, like, accessory to take to fashion shows. Like, here's my monkey. Totally. A matching little pink blazer for them. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm dying. That's so cute. <laughs> and so, number two, if you had to choose between never wearing monochrome or never wearing colour again, which one would it be? Never wearing monochrome. Oh, yes. Yeah. That makes so much yeah. sense. Seeing all yeah. the beautiful colours that you wear and that you make, it's just, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm all about it. I think color, don't get me wrong, I love black, white and gray, mm-hmm. but color makes a statement that I guess, I think black and white never really could. Yeah, yeah. But, so yeah, good. yeah. Okay, and number three, a genie grants you three wishes. What are they? Oh, oh <laughs> you know, jeez, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think I would, I would just have one wish, actually, and that would just be to be happy on every, on every level. So whatever that, that means. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. Lovely. I love that. Yeah. Nice answer. That was good. Well, Effie, you have been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I'm so excited about this and I know the listeners are absolutely going to love it and they should all definitely follow you because you're killing it and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. So great to chat with you. You too. See you later. Bye.